Today on FranX, we're going to make marketing and franchise development get along. Coming up next. Years ago, I was walking a restaurant brand, uh, a sizable one, and I'm walking it with the marketing team and the friend dev team. And I said, I would like to look at your four walls and see if there's opportunity to present the franchise opportunity to your customers, knowing that the majority of them are not financially qualified or will be in a market that you can sell in but I want to walk the four walls. I want to look at the four walls. I want to walk your unit and I want to look at opportunity to tell the story. And the head of marketing looked at me and said, there will be no franchise marketing within our restaurants. And I said, that's fine. But understand that if the brand does not grow, which brands grow primarily through fanatical following of the brand, said, if the brand does not grow, you will be out of a job. He goes, you want to bet on that? Two years later, guy got laid off. I'm not saying that that's the case. I mean, there's a, he was kind of an asshole anyway. But the point is, it's like you, you at some point, the brand decided to become a franchise. You are a franchise. In my opinion, your number one customer, it starts with your franchisee, not with your customer. Because if you don't, you don't take care of the growth of the brand and your franchisee, they won't take care of your customer. Charles? Yeah, I, I think you're being biased because you're in franchise marketing. That's what I think. Um, I, you know, look, I hear what you're saying, but I could respect that person who said, hell no, I'm not letting you franchise PR, franchise marketing people disrupt my consumer brand. You know, and look, hey, you take Chick-fil-A. I don't want anyone talking to him about franchise marketing. You, you know, one thing that comes up that I think I get wrong is when we're working with brands, I always, I and I flip flop on this, so I probably don't know what I'm talking about. I've always told brands that they need a different USP for franchise sales and franchisees versus their consumer marketing. Then other people have said, hey, the USP should be the same or they, you know, it's just one USP and they should work on both ends. I don't know if this is the same type of discussion, but, you know, and Nick, let's take it even deeper. So you're talking about franchise development, franchise sales marketing. On the other hand, there's consumer marketing. Overall, there's unit economics, right? So how do these all fit together in that big word brand? And then you have the other reality that I could be speaking out of inexperience. A lot of the marketing sucks. A lot of the franchise sales marketing sucks. I hate to say this too, probably 90% of franchise brands suck right now. I don't know. Well, okay, so here, here's, here's my opinion. 
If you if you go, a lot of people in franchising watched the movie The Founder, and given it's it's a movie, but it, which I by the way I hated the movie. I thought it was no, produced I, poorly. I hated it. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. the movie. Okay, but if we take what fundamentally what makes McDonald's grow, whether this is in in reality or it's or it's Hollywood, uh, it's it was the the positioning of the owner operator around a business model that was simple to operate, that was simple to market. So all McDonald's was at that point was burgers, fries, and shakes. That's it. And that what, how did they grow? We were going to let you be your McDonald's. You're going to be the local champion in your marketplace as an owner operator. And I think brands have gotten away from that. And they, they look, they, some of them got it right. Some of them have not. Um, is it a franchisee? Is it a franchise owner? Is it a franchise partner? Is it an owner operator? How do we position what we categorize these, these folks as? But that's the two things. It's like simple product for people to be able to buy into business where they feel like it's theirs. And if you, if you, if you strip out brand names and you look at when, when a brand is trying to say this is how they qualify or this is the candidate that they're looking for from a persona standpoint, you'd say like, you know, community focused. Okay, well, here's an opportunity. Take the owner operator story, put it on the wall, just like just like five guys that, you know, Charles, Charles did was a franchise attorney who got tired of working with franchisors and has now opened up this ice cream shop in the marketplace. And put that on the wall with a picture of Charles signing his agreement. It's almost like the first dollar that comes in. Like make it make it special for Charles, so Charles feels honored to put it on on the wall. Now, that's what you've done is you've passively introduced franchising to your community. Secondly, take your social media. Don't don't go out there and say go buy the franchise. Like that that's a very that's a very forward facing message. Be a little bit more passive. Say hey fans, where should we open up our next unit? Or where, where would you like to see our locations go? What happens then? You get some people saying, we want it in Virginia Beach. Well, then maybe someone in Virginia Beach is like, wow, that's interesting. What if I'm the one that buys that? Because it, it is available. And you respond as a brand and say, well, yeah, we would love to have one in Virginia Beach. Um, what if you take that owner-operator store and you post that on your social media and just say, hey, we're celebrating our new franchise owner who who's opened up a location in Intermarket or our franchise partner or franchisee, whatever you want to call that. Now you're passively introducing it to it. So to the four wall marketing, do I think a, a brand is ever gonna blast franchising all over it? No, but if you can passively find gaps, whether that's an introduction that this is owned by this person or a plaque on the wall or something in the, in the, in the doorway when you, when you come into the unit, like introduce it, be, be proud of it because you are a franchise and when you're proud of it and you're proud of your franchisees and they're proud of their units and they're proud of their staff and they become proud of the customer, now the, now the unique positioning for the product can elevate up and you can drive more sales. Nope. I, I don't want to agree with you, but I like I think you played a bait and switch there, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is bait and switch now because I look, I, I, you can't disagree with your statement. I think um, the subtle distinction there is you're making the franchise story a part of the human story and a part of the consumer story. So I will agree with you on that. 
but that's an active decision, right? And if, if, <laughs> and if I'm in charge of marketing of a brand, not for the sake of marketing franchises, but for that human element, that local element, there's a valid, uh, that's a valid point. But I, I totally believe this is a bait and switch from the headline on all of this. Um, so there's a place for that for sure. Um, you, you know, but you use the example of, of McDonald's and so many people do, and then you, you've categorized it in one thing, you know, opportunity, right? The opportunity. And then, you know, it's interesting because McDonald's was a new category, yet totally new demographics, right? You, it, it, McDonald's in, was very much innovation, you know what I mean? In a whole new segment. Um, and then the franchise story becomes about opportunity. But if you phrase it the way you have, yes, I think you could very well blend consumer marketing uh, with franchise development. And, and it's interesting too that when those things align, again, this is all bait and switch, but when it does align, I think there's a lot of brand alignment between your development team, your management team, and your marketing team. And that's, that's, that's ultimately what you're going for because like the reality is let's, let's get rid of like the brands. I'm, I'm going to change, I'm going to change the, the category here. Like let's go below 50 units. Usually the number is a hundred, but let's go below 50. The majority of brands under 50 units don't have large teams. So for marketing to have a viewpoint on franchise development and franchise development to have a viewpoint on marketing and both to have a viewpoint on operations and operations to have a viewpoint on both of them, that's where you build teams that are aligned under a vision. Now, I think the, the majority of the mistake that gets made is when you have a visionary or a CEO who tries to keep those departments in silos versus leveraging their intel. But the reality is, if you, I, I would be fairly confident if you took me and Charles, popped us in a restaurant, probably more on the QSR side than the full service side, based on our life experience, we could probably do a good job on it because we'd be able to we would problem solve operational challenges together, even though by trade he's a lawyer and by trade I'm a marketer. And I think that's where like the more that you can get collaboration internally, the better shot you have to grow. And then the second point would be like, it, 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 it's going to be consistent, whether you're a service brand, a retailer, a food brand, 84% of your deals are going to come one degree separated. It's going to be someone that was a fan of the brand, uh, someone who had a great experience, uh, someone who talked with a franchise owner and got excited, someone who worked with a franchise broker uh, who got really excited about the brand on your behalf. So that means like the the rest of it is 16%. So if we're going to, if the majority of growth is going to come from internal one degree of separation, then how do we celebrate that? And, and how do we, how do we, how do we put more gasoline towards the, the pathway of least resistance versus fighting through portals and, and organic leads of people that have no relationship with our brand. And again, like I still come back to uh, the fact that if if your franchisee is your number one customer, 
they will make their customer their number one customer. And I think that's that's that that comes from the collaboration of marketing, sales, and development that and, and uh, operations. So that de- sales builds a relationship and sets the expectation. Operation says this is how we're going to get your unit open and ticking. And marketing says this is how we're going to get customers in. And then operation says this is how we're going to behave with your customers. And then Frandev says here's your customers who can actually join our brand at some point. Oh, and by the way, do you want to scale your unit? Because we're com- we're committed to building wealth for your family. Like it just keeps going and going and going. And I think when when the when the lines or the restrictions or the brick walls are taken down and organizations really work well, you can see beautiful things happen. And that, that happens in the micro emerging brands. Well, sticking with the micro emerging, right? The whole differentiation between friend, dev, marketing, and management, they may all be integrated in two to three people, including, you know, you know, a very active founder. And then, then my question also becomes even for the larger organizations, is that whole infrastructure outdated, right? Can a leadership team be focused on daily, weekly KPIs without having, you know, integrated KPIs, integrated rocks that are focused on all of these together? Like, can you exist? And then, you know, getting to your point about let's go one degree of separation, I agree with that, right? Even little things when I'm looking for a vendor, and I'm on their Facebook, you know, the one that maybe has a team video of them putting up a Christmas tree is more attractive than the ones that just have stupid articles on, you know, SEO driven articles that I'm not going to read anyway, right? So you have that one degree of separation. I would even say the blueprint for franchise sales, 99% of it, everyone does. So that blueprint, it's that one little percent of doing things different that that flips the whole organization, you know? So especially for the emerging brands, like the opportunities there, I see it. Like screw the portals, screw the 99% of traditional. You have to check the box on all of them. But, you know, just understand that 1% is where the magic happens. And that magic's gonna happen in a three-day meeting where you come, you know, heart to heart with your team members and say, like, do we even deserve to exist? And if so, like, let's put out the reasons there and then let's live it every day and every minute. Give me, give me a, a emerging brand that has gone to the next level that you're proud to have either worked with or, or seen as an outsider. Like a brand that's had, Solid growth in the last. I don't, yeah, and I don't even have a personal relationship with them, but we, we, they were on again. I, they don't even talk to me, which I feel bad, not in any bad, bad way. But when during COVID, when we were, when we had the great return, the people, the group that stood out to me uh, was Big B Coffee. Okay. Because there's so much internal there. So take Big B. Their yep. customers are their franchisees. They're like, man, I love this. That's one category. Their other franchisee is someone who loved the category of coffee and wants to go and pioneer market and is like, okay, I want to pioneer market. Let's see what coffee brands are out there. And they see the Big B culture and they buy in. 
And both of those, like, like you just take those two moments. Do they have franchise marketing within their four walls? Honestly, I don't know. Maybe there's a little sign that says franchise opportunities available. But the culture of their franchisees, driven by the culture of their founders, creates growth. So you could, like, the reality is any marketing and sales group, if they got together, CMO and the CDO and the CEO or whatever the position is internally, and you all go down and you have this Apollo 13 moment, you throw all the crap on the table and say, let's figure this thing out. Culture drives franchising and then awareness of that culture does. So you look at, now go to five guys and I've used this example many times, but you walk into five guys and there's all this press on the wall and it has nothing to do with that location. It's brand press celebrated by that location. What does that do? It creates a buzz factor. What does Shake Shack do when they move the operationally? They operationally operationalize the line to be closer to the door. So there's always a door. Uh, there's always a line out the door, a sense of buzz. So when brands have great buzz, and educate that they're a franchise brand, and then their franchisees are also making money, that ends up being the blueprint. So you take that, some of those elements and you get together and you say, how do we work together to, to make sure we have a sound culture, we're creating enough awareness of it to the right people in the right markets, and we're leveraging the assets that we have, which are successful franchisees that are engaged and want to continue developing our brand. You'll start having a blueprint to go do this beyond what Charles and I have talked about a million times, which is the why you, why not? So the blueprint is not overly complicated, but if you now go you go level two on websites, is that seen? And you know, I was looking at a, a brand's website yesterday with them. I said, you have this in-depth leadership team. You don't you don't even highlight one person on your site. I'm gonna buy from you. So your culture is is like zero. Your culture was all just product. So I like the, the point of this conversation is. A few things. One, connect, connect internally. Try to get on the same page that the goals of the company are aligned, and it's not an individualized mindset, marketing versus sales. And then two, make sure that you're communicating wherever you're comfortable doing it. The fact that you are a proud franchise brand of proud franchise owners, take take that collaboration and get that message out there. Yeah, and I, I was just looking through our notes from the great return, right? But at the leadership level especially for the emerging brands, because you don't have this hierarchy. And I'd say for the bigger brands, you really need to disconnect and like completely disconnect from your structure and go challenge it. But um, what creates that power or potential in emerging brand, like you're saying, is the culture. The culture has to come from the founder and leadership team. The culture just can't come from marketing or can't come from friend development. It has to be organic. You have to dive deep into it. And once you do, then your marketing franchise sales and consumer becomes all about telling that story, right? Which gets to your point, you know, of diving into the executive team and, and then connecting those dots, you know, between that team, their life experiences, the culture you're, you're advocating and you provide and then the opportunity for franchising. So the the answers, this is the starting point. I think majority of the answers can be found within our community. Uh, so if you're not a part of our Facebook community, 
join it. Uh, we'd love for you to provide some insights. And then for future watchers of these videos, if you're a part of our community, there's commenting features below. They can put your feedback whether you're watching live or not, and we'd be happy to share your insights as a part of it, even if you're just commenting on whatever our topic is. Put it in the comments below. We'll include you in a future Franex. Till next time. See ya. <laughs> yes. See ya.